everybody listen to We're Not Wizards. Because we are the best. And we're not wizards. No matter what anybody says. Goodbye. Andor, the family fantasy game board game review from Cosmos Games. Now this review is based on the final retail version of the game provided us by the designer and publisher. We're not paid for this review and we give a general overview of the gameplay so not all of the mechanical aspects of the game may be mentioned. There is a difference, so give me a chance to explain. I can play a mechanically simple game, and as long as it's solid but compelling, then you can file it such a title under the term of gateway game. It's a starter to an evening, or a quick half hour before you do something different. When it comes to games to younger children, there's a temptation to make them simple, horrifically colourful, easy to understand, but not necessarily something that you'll be wanting to come back to again and again. Sometimes we wrongly assume that complicated means losing someone's attention, especially if it's coming from younger eyes. So we keep the mechanics dialed down, sometimes too much, and they end up on the shelf, right next to the copy of Kids Cluedo and the Spider-Man Jigsaw puzzles. Andor, the family fantasy game, gives some strong indicators that might be lacking in confidence to push anything above a simple exploration game involving some fetch quests and a potential encounter with a dragon. There's a map board split into relatively reasonable sized tile spaces. There's the familiar range of friendly character standees and a huge six-sided dice. Reading the blurb, it looks like you're being tasked with rescuing wolf clubs and crossing a bridge. It's looking like I might need to clear a space above the jigsaws. And yet, when you start to work through what Andor is asking you to do, there's suddenly a few things that are adding an extra level of strategy. Firstly, every character seems to have their own slight differences in how they play and move. Unlike the normal roll and move type, your moves are based on a resource of sun discs essentially denoting your movement potential. Actions are free and able to be taken every moment if that's your will. Across the land of Andor, the fog covers the various spaces that must be uncovered as you travel. Landing on a space turns over the fog counter to reveal resources, coins, a merchant, a mischievous gore, or even the malicious dragon. As long as you have sun discs, you'll be able to continue to move, and if you do get tired, there are wells that allow you to refresh your supply of discs if you intend to travel far on for that particular round of play. All the while, you'll need to keep an eye on the dragon as it makes its way towards Reitberg with a bag of marshmallows and a hunger for s'mores. At the end of every round, the dragon moves closer, encouraging gores to appear and make their way closer to the castle, with the danger of encouraging the dragon to further down its track. This adds an interesting additional mechanic to the question involved, and at some point you're going to need to scare off a few gores in order to prevent them from reaching the castle and force the dragon to retreat back. Fighting's easy. You're simply rolling a dice until they fill up enough spaces on the place where the gore is occupied. They don't fight back or block your attempts to move around Dondor, but they are there to force you to make decisions and plannings where you're going. The quests start off as fairly simple affairs, mostly involving searching for items or moving objects from one place to another, and as you're more confident in the game, 
the requirements start to become a little bit more complicated and you needing to do some more searching in the fog and Ondor, but they're rarely on the side of being overly difficult. You're encouraged to play the quest in a certain order, but once you gain the confidence, you can move to picking the quest at random instead. It adds variation where other games for younger players often fall by the wayside and then are left abandoned. The main mechanics seem to be complicated in the outset, but are easy to learn once players have a few rounds under their belts. With the option to play as different characters, you have the chance to change how you play out the different quests the game offers. This might lead to favourites and all-important squabbling and huffs among siblings, but it gives an extra level of replay that similar games just simply don't offer. There are two variations that you can play for each of the character types, which is a good start. I always think in a kid's game it's really important to be as diverse as possible in the choices, and Cora Quest still holds itself up as the one to beat in children's games in terms of champion a diverse set of player characters, and or gets a thumbs up for its efforts in this regard. There's something very charming about Andor. The illustrations from Michael Menzel work really well to build the world in which you're adventuring, and Inca and Marcus Brand have created a game that would have been a very simple and unrewarding set of fetch quests. Here, there is a real sense of depth in some of the quests to get young minds thinking. It says that the children from Ostheim Primary School assisted with the playtesting, and you can tell there's been some young minds and hands involved in this game. Andor is a delightful consideration for those looking for something that doesn't play down to expected complexity in a children's board game. A nice wee surprise. You can find out more by visiting the Cosmos website, which will be in the blog, which you can find on wearenotwizards.co.uk. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Roll sixes. Make something awful. Until the next time, goodbye. Wizard is never Is he early? He arrives precisely when he means to.